Welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios, the library. I turned away from my microphone halfway no. through me saying that. You were fine. I, you were I, doing I, great. I, so weird. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. As you can tell by my lovely, sultry tones mm-hmm. in my voice, I am mm-hmm. eh, better. <laughs> I'm not yeah. nearly as sick as I was last week, which is Yay. good. So TC, TC, hello TC. How you doing, Hello, TC? Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> you think by episode 50 I would have gotten this intro down? Yeah. And episode I haven't. fifty. We <laughs> d- we are on episode fifty, Jeff. Isn't that's, that insane? That's pretty great, and I, and I, and I'm I'm happy we've done it. <laughs> I'm very happy we did it too, and and, and yeah. it's, it was funny. So uh, the the beginning of uh, this week's movie, which by the way, episode fifty, we, we watched the 2010 animated film Tangled. Tangled. That's right. If you're just joining us for the first time, what we were doing is we were watching every movie in the Disney Animation Studios Library, which is a very specific grouping of films, which started with Snow White, goes all the way up to currently to Moana, with Wreck-It Ralph 2 coming out in November. But this list is only going to go up to Moana at this point in time. Yeah, at this point Tangled, it is. But you're saying, beginning of Tangled, <laughs> something seg- yeah, segwayential. Segway into going. The beginning of Tangled, um, I had completely forgot about this as much as I... in. As much as I have seen Tangled and mm-hmm. enjoy Tangled, spoilers for <laughs> this episode. Um, yeah. The I had forgotten that the so the Disney Animation Studios library, uh, or sorry, not the library, the Disney Animation Studios logo mm-hmm. shows up at the beginning. The little uh, you know steamboat wheels, yeah. And I had forgotten that they had done a special one for this one to mm-hmm. uh, to commemorize the commemorize commemorate commemorate. That's yeah. Commemorize, Jeff. Stop making up words. <laughs> Thank you, future Jeff. Uh, (laughs) But to commemorate the fact that this was the 50th film, Mm -hmm. and it had like a 50th animated feature on it, and there's a part in my head, there's a part of me that sits there going, "It's only 50? That's not right!" Like, like Mm -hmm. forgetting that. Oh yes, that you know, yeah, it is only it is only 50. But for as long as these movies have been going, and that we're only at 50. Like, how is there not more than 50? But (laughs) then it's a a very specific (laughs) library, right? And then it made me think about our podcast and realize that we've done 50 of these episodes. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that it's, <laughs> well, we've, been, we've been doing it you, for so long. It's, this, this has been a lot of fun. I, and and you're, you bringing that up actually lends to my memory of seeing this film for the first time, if I may segue into that. Because yes, please. I, I remember sitting there. I remember that, that logo coming up. And as soon as 50 hit, I had the same thought right there in the theater going, there's been 50 of these. Have I seen all 50 of these? And that, <laughs> not only that logo itself, but the but Tangle itself. At, by the end of it, motivated me to seek out the entire library of Disney movies and watch them, which thus led to me suggesting this as a podcast. To, anyway, uh, or you know that led to this this podcast. But it was sitting there and watching that 50th logo come up that made me wonder if I had seen all 50 of these. And and honestly, I don't. I, I don't think any normal person has seen all, all 50 of the Disney movies. No. <laughs> Disney you know fans what? have. Disney, Disney fans, fans have. have. Yeah. Disney fans have. But if you're not a Disney fan, you're not going to seek out. You're not going to seek out a lot of the movies that we we, no, we no. found. Melody and we Time like, and, and yeah. Make Mine Music. No way. Yeah. Because like, why would you? Like, honestly, yeah. if you're not a Disney fan, if you're not like mm-hmm. a diehard or if you're not, you know, happening to do a podcast like this one, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to do that. And mm-hmm. what, but what, what. What makes me sit and what, what I start thinking about is that the average person doesn't realize that Disney animation, the Disney animated studios is a different thing and a different beast than like 
the Pixar thing, or like Pixar mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or 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 Disney in as a whole. So I wonder how many people saw that 50th animated feature and went. There's more than fifty. Yeah, more. What are than, you talking I have, about? I have an entire shelf of Disney, right? Exactly. It's, you know. Yeah, it's it's because of that specific, and I, and really, it's it's because of that logo again, like being inspired to look at the list to see what the list was, and to mm-hmm. see things like Goofy Movie not being on there, and, right, and, and Song of the South not being on there, which you know that goes all the way to our very first episode, and and I have constantly had to tweet people about this <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas and and the straight to DVD sequels, like there are movies that aren't on this list, and right, you know, you know, really, we're really we're kind of on a tangent about this. Uh, let me let me continue my memory if you if you allow me to. I uh, shall indulge your continuing. Okay. I, w- I, w- I had seen Princess and the Frog. I love Princess and the Frog, as we we mentioned last week in mm-hmm. in my discussion of how how much it meant to me. With Tangled, I had only seen one preview for Tangled, and I'm okay. sure there were more than a few. Maybe there were probably TV spots, but who watches TV anymore? I only watch stuff on on streaming, and even back then, I had cut the cord. I'd only seen one advertisement for Tangled, and I didn't like it. I did not like the advertisement I saw because they had used a Pink song. Not that I don't like Pink, but Pink and Disney movie didn't mesh in my mind. It felt very DreamWorks. It felt very un-Disney. Right. So I, I had a little bit of reservation going into seeing this movie. And, and one of the big reasons was I was disappointed that it wasn't going to be a musical. And... I sat in their theater, and the movie starts, and Flynn starts talking, and I'm kind of arms crossed going, okay. And then Mother Gothel shows up for that flower, and she starts singing. And I literally sat up in my seat. I literally <laughs> sat up and went, in my head, said, wait, this is a musical? I had, I had no idea that Tangled was going to be a full-fledged musical until Mother Gothel started singing. And that in that instant changed everything about my demeanor and about my viewing pleasure. And I was so on board. I know that's, that might seem strange that it was, you know, flower bringing glowing bright, like that, that would be what clicked in my head. But as soon as that happened, I was like, I'm in because princess and the frog was awesome. This is going to be awesome. Let's do this. Well, and that's (laughs) the thing is because at this point we, so, okay. If you were watching these films when they were first coming out, like if we had, if you had watched chicken little and you'd watched bolts and meet the Robinsons, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. excuse me, we had three films in this library or, you know, uh, three animated or CG, uh, you know, computer animated films that weren't musicals that were the, quote unquote like modern film uh, animated film which was just pop songs played over mm-hmm, top of, mm-hmm. of the film to you know Chicken Little did really well by picking certain songs that invoked the emotion of the characters and those spots of the film but sure, sure. you know Bolt just had a like Bolt only had one song really it was the montage in the middle yeah it was their, um, their Pixar esque song <laughs> exactly exactly and so you kind of had that and there's like going into this film I would have been the exact same way I would have been like oh this is okay this is just going to be exactly like those other ones. They're going to play a couple pop songs and that's it. Um, I really thought it was just going to be this sarc- cynical, sarcastic Shrek like fairy tale where it's pop songs and mugging to the camera. And right. I was so endlessly happy with how it so wasn't that. Right. Right. I, I, so we'll talk a little bit about the music since we're, we're kind of, we're kind of hitting that spot. Yeah. We can, we can I jump lo- into the music. Yeah. I, I love, I love the music in this movie. 
Oh, dude, I, it, uh, Alan Menken, it, it's funny because we were like Princess and the Frog. That's how you send off 2D. Home on the Range is not how you send off Alan Menken. Exactly. This <laughs> this is him like getting his um like getting 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 not not payback necessarily, but this is him getting his redemption. Chance, like yeah. his redemption. Thank you. Because the the score the the normal score in this movie is is great and epic and mm-hmm. you know and fa- and fun, but the songs in this film are just I I love them. They are so. <laughs> they are so Broadway in style. I mean, I mean, Mother Knows Best is such a Broadway song. Oh, you know, oh yeah, uh, yeah. When will my life begin? While it's while like when my when will my life begin has a modern like pop song tone to it and quality. Like it's something you would just hear on the radio, mm-hmm. kind of. But the the story that happens, the exposition that happens in it is so Broadway. It's so, it's so like, here's the, here's the opening song of the show and here's the character introducing herself. (laughs) And, but, oh man. Wyatt agrees with you on Facebook. He had dropped a message saying that he, he can't think of one song in this movie that he doesn't, like Mother's Knows yeah. Best is the is a great villain song. We'll get back to that. I've got a dream. Oh, I love that song so much. I've got a dream uh, is brilliant. Yeah. And uh, the people behind it too. Just we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the cast yeah. later. But the um, people who are in this movie is fantastic. But we'll come back to that. You know, and it's interesting because it, it does have a Broadway feel to it. This overall movie, in terms of the music, certainly has a Broadway quality to it, but not not. I don't know. There's not a sense of a musical like Princess and the Frog. Princess and the Frog follows very traditional musical beats. <laughs> no right. pun intended. But plot nah. structure, character structure, it follows a very uh, musical styling, right? And mm-hmm. though the music of Tangled mixes a little bit of genre, I know Mencken was inspired by 1960s pop music uh, for how he rooted a lot of the music. Um, it doesn't... I don't feel like it has an alienating quality that something like Princess and the Frog could have. Or if you want to go back a little further to Hunchback and Notre Dame being far too Broadway, far right. too Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Princess and the Frog was a, was a nice, fond uh, farewell in a way to the more traditional Renaissance musical. And Tangled is an introduction to a much more modern and accessible musical. Both have right. both have the Broadway qualities to them, but and and I'll get into the language of what this movie is doing uh, versus what has come in the past later. But yeah, the music in this. Ah, oh, let's let's talk villain song. Mother knows <laughs> best is a is a is such a good villain song. Yes, because. Oh, it hides itself as of, of of being the villain song. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, unlike any villain song before because it's not. It you know what the true villainy of Mother Gothel is? Her passive aggression. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is her. The, if she has any quality that s- sets her aside from any villain before because she's a villain. She is a villainous. She, she is, is a villain. Selfish. She is yep. vain. She is. She kidnapped a baby. She is evil. Right. Yep. But her passive aggression is just on point. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I love, I, like, I love her. I, I love the song. I love the song. I love the song because it doesn't become, I'm just repeating myself at this point. That's fine. It That's doesn't fine. become a villain song fully mm-hmm. until the reprise of it. Yes. Yeah. And there's two because reprises. It's, right. Yeah. Because it's slower. Mm-hmm. It's, and like the reprise has a, like, 
Because because that's pretty much at the point of the film where she even makes the comment. She's like, okay, so you want me to be the villain, or you want me to be the bad guy? Villain, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like that's the point where she she, even though we know she's the villain, she Mm -hmm. kind of puts herself out there and embraces the fact that she's or you know comments on the fact that okay, I'll be the bad guy then. And even her drops all that pretense. Yeah, (laughs) and then then her song becomes the villain song, quiet Mm -hmm. and slow. But but that that oh just that's a brilliant I'm happy listening to Mother Knows Best Mm -hmm. like I'm like I'm enjoying this not because it's a villain song but it's a good song it's fun and it's funny and it's entertaining it's quirky and it's got a good melody to it and it sounds very much so kind of like a uh, like a Roger or like a Hammerstein like a Roger Hammerstein-esque musical or something from like the 60s it did definitely felt like an older style musical song that was like you know like a Mary Poppins song or something like that just I don't I can't I'd have to really <laughs> dive into the, the the little bits and pieces at another time uh, to figure out what makes it feel like that for me. But it does, and it's so good, and it's, you find mm-hmm. out so much about the character because she's, you know, and why Rapunzel, <clears throat> after all these years, still believes her. Yeah. You know, because really, ah, man, Rapunzel is just trusting the crap out of uh, <laughs> out of out, out of mother mother well, Gothel. It's the only person in her life she's ever known. How could she? Could even the books she has aren't even narrative books. She's reading geometry and art, right? <laughs> right. So she has no. She has no point of reference of anyone else. Like to trust. She doesn't know that she can't trust Mother Gothel. It's amazing that it's. Oh man, the, the complexity of this movie is wonderful, and mm-hmm. it goes to the. The, the ability to craft very narrative appropriate songs that 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 uh, uh, forward the momentum of the story while also standing on their own as great hits like great songs yeah. that's because that, sometimes songs are dependent upon the context of what you see them in right like hi ho hi ho is a great song all the way back from the beginning and does that song I guess that's a bad example because I guess you could just whistle that while you're going along but i'm just saying like some right of the, so some of the songs uh some would argue for example i know one of our listeners argues that uh, mulan's music is too dependent upon the film that the songs don't stand on their own i mm-hmm. tend i tend to disagree but i see where he might be coming from uh and but these songs the complexity in the narrative the narrative of them is great towards the film as a whole, but they also are wonderful songs on like by themselves. Mankin. Right. You can sit and listen to them and enjoy them, enjoy the lyrics and not have to, yeah, not have to rely on seeing a visual. The visual, they all work better in the movie just because the visual just adds a new layer to the song. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, you don't need the visual to enjoy any of his music. You know, uh, uh, the, uh, I, I I had a dream once. Oh boy, like, <laughs> I love that song so much. That that is one of like that song's on my workout playlist <laughs> because it's such a fun, snappy, <laughs> upbeat song, and it's so silly. Oh man, it's so silly Me? because right no, in the no. middle of the movie, I don't see. The- <laughs> It's the right in the middle stopper. of the movie. Yeah, we have a showstopper song with characters we have just been introduced to. Mm-hmm. You know, these are not characters like all these bad guys haven't been in the movie since the beginning. You right. know, these are these are characters that Ruffians. just showed up. Yeah, they're ruffians. They're they're in theory they're the bad guys. Uh-huh. You know, like in any other movie, these would have been all the villains. This is the shady bar you're not going to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and and all of a sudden. 
they're all up singing and the people behind the voices are even, you know, it's brilliant because it's got Brad Garrett and Jeffrey yep. Tambor and yep. Paul F. Tompkins is in there. And it's, yeah, it's, he's the, that's a, Candace little, mentioned that's her favorite character in the movie is the, the old, old, old white beard Cupid guy. <laughs> I got a dream. I got, oh, pour me a glass of water. <laughs> this was actually, as a quick side note, I did not know Paul F. Tompkins did the voice of that character until this viewing. Me too. Yep. Same. Same. When it, when it came up in the credits, and I went, "What? That's Paul F. Tompkins!" Yeah. And then it all just came flooding back, and I, I heard the character's voice <laughs> in my head, it. and I went, "Oh, of course it's Paul F. Tompkins. How did I not know that?" Uh, it, For those of you out there, please uh, look up Paul F. Tompkins. You you know who he is. You've heard his voice before. Mm-hmm. He's very funny. I like. He's a Jaws from uh, James Bond. That that's one of the yeah. one of the He's, big guys as well, right? He's the unicorn guy, the, the one that makes the tiny little unicorns. That's, uh, yeah, that's Flat. Richard Keel. Or, Gre- uh, yeah, Keel, I think. Mm-hmm. How you say his name? It's Jaws uh, yeah, from Bond. It's Jaws <laughs> from Bond. Yeah, it's it's the original Jaws, not the shark, the character no. from the old school Roger Moore Bond films. Um, which is just so weird. The, the, the cat... Can we? Okay, we got it. We got to talk about the cast list at some point. Sure. Let's this, let's, uh, let's let's discuss the cast list right now because we've already discussed a lot of the characters here. But I mean, we've already it's, been listing off people here. <laughs> it's such a a strange cast list, but in a good way. This, um, yeah, it's it's another example of cast the people, the right people for the role, not the ones that'll sell the movie, not the ones that'll put you know butts in the seats. And Reese Witherspoon was originally attached to this to to voice Rapunzel when they initially started the production on this. She was who they had in mind. At one point, they had who else? Uh, like Dan Fogel, who who plays um, uh, uh, he's in the Fantastic Beast movies currently. Um, okay, yeah, he he was going to be Flynn. Uh, I mean, they they were asking like some hot names to be Flynn Rider. No, no, Zach Zachary Levi and Mandy Moore are perfectly cast. Everyone in this movie is quite near perfectly cast. I love Donna Murphy as Mother Gothel. Oh, I love yes. she is she is perfect, and she's she's one of those where I remember like the first time being like who who is she like. <laughs> I like I am like I don't know that name, and then I look mm-hmm. up, you know, I look at her picture, and I'm like, and for me, because this is how my head works, I went, oh, it's it's Doc Ock's wife from Spider-Man Two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, like okay, and then I you, and she's another one. They they definitely do um, the 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 cast the the voice casting and the character design is very much so reminiscent of Emperor's New Groove, where you look at the actor and then mm-hmm. you. You look at the, the the character they're playing, and you go, "Yeah, I could see them doing a live action version." Like well, I can see yeah. Zachary Levi being Flynn. I can oh, see him uh, acting. Certainly, that. they they went back to old school methods here, and this is there's such a we're all over the place here, and we'll get back to Glenn Keane. But this is Glenn Keane going back to standard, which is the voice actors will motivate the animators. And and we'll right. touch it back on that again later. But yeah, the the cast became those characters, and those characters became those voice actors. Uh, Zachary Levi is Flynn Rider. Mandy Moore is. I mean, hell, Mandy Moore started as a blonde pop star and then cut her hair to her natural brown state, right? Like, how, right. <laughs> how, how poetic is that? <laughs> Very fitting for the character she portrays. Mm. Yeah, and, and a rarity here. I think Princess and the Frog had this too, but I remember hearing that it was this movie was the first time that all the main cast, all the voice actors, did all the singing. They did not have double casting. 
I right. believe I, I remember hearing that this was the first time. It took him fifty movies, but then this was the first time that happened. Uh, if it wasn't, which, this, which is it was so weird to see, which is so mm-hmm. weird to see that and that like. Like, cause like I looked up the soundtrack. I mean, I know the soundtrack, but like, I always look up all my stuff on Wikipedia and like online and going through the, the soundtrack listing and it's like performers. And it's like, yeah, Donna Murphy performed mother knows mother best. Gaslam. And you know, I, she, and I've got a dream is sung by Brad Garrett and Jeffrey Tambor mm-hmm. and Zach Levi. <laughs> and like, you're like, Oh, they, Oh, they, they did. They, they sang their own music. This isn't right. like a voice, like a, like a sound like voice artist or no, no or, voice doubles. <clears throat> yeah. no, and uh, I, could th- I always think of uh, Mel Gibson in Pocahontas where it's like the voice guy singing from sounds pretty close, but it's the, all of my life I have dreamed of a land like this one. <laughs> it's like his long. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's not It's like, that's that. not Mel Gibson oh. at all. <laughs> Flint, Zachary Levi and Mandy Moore, Flynn Rider and, and uh, Rapunzel are so perfectly cast and such endearingly cute characters. I, <sighs> And I gotta like we can talk Rapunzel. Let's, but I need to ask you first: mm. Why is Flynn likable? Because Flynn is a thief and a liar and a scoundrel. And I'm not saying I don't like the guy, but it I had to be critical about this and step back from it and think: Why do why are we okay with this guy from the moment we meet him? There is no doubt that we like this guy. This is right. Actually, I do have a theory about this. Come to think of it, now that I'm now that I'm voicing these thoughts out loud, but I want to ask you: Is it because Zachary Levi is Chuck and he's just inherently an amazing guy? Also, me and him had the exact same birthday. Uh, <laughs> birthday buddies. Yeah. Um, that means TC and Zachary Levi, same person. We, That's what uh, that means, guys. Oh man, I wish that'd be amazing. What a what a uh, twist! <laughs> this entire time, this podcast has been co-hosted by Zachary Levi. Everybody, Zachary Levi. Everybody, isn't that great? I, I, honestly, if that were true, it'd kind of be a huge disappointment for everyone involved. I think. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? That you're the. <laughs> yeah, like oh, that's uh, all right. Well, okay. No, no, come on. What? What? What is it about Flynn that he's so damn likable? <laughs> you know, it's it's. It's, I, oh man, that's a good question. I wish I had time to think I, about that. You know, I don't think there's any simple answer. Honestly, I don't. And and I think it's because the way we're introduced to him, that he is the narrator. He kicks this thing off. It's as much By his saying story. this is the story how I died. Like he, He's like, but don't worry, don't worry. This is still a good story. Like the, how damn charming he is. He is just the best kind of rogue, which is not a villain. Uh, the best right. kind of rogues are, are Han Solo and Zorro and these characters that Robin Hood, these characters that you, though they are thieves and liars and vigilantes and smugglers and whatnot, that they're just so charming. And I I think that's the answer. I think that's the answer is that you Mm -hmm. can tell, I think actually I'll, I'll take that back a little bit. I think it is a combination of the fact that, you know, who Zachary Levi is and he Mm -hmm. always comes off as just kind of this lovable caring character yeah not and i not obviously not everything he does but that's kind of who you know him as because Mm -hmm. of chuck (laughs) and and the 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 tone in his voice just comes off going you know it comes off in a way where you just naturally are like okay i will i will trust whatever this man says very because <laughs> he is very endearing and it's just the tone of his voice it's just mm-hmm. how he talks it's the sound 
the sound of his voice when he's saying stuff. Plus the fact that it's like, like we said, the fact that it starts off with him going, this is a story of how I died. But he, you know, he was like, Oh, but no, no, don't worry. It's, it's, it's a good, it's a good story. It's a, it's a good story. It's a, it, you, you're, you're immediately drawn into, okay, he's obviously not a bad guy no. because yeah. a bad guy doesn't talk like that. <laughs> you know? It, it, yeah. It's, Everything about him is likable, despite the fact that he's freaking stealing stuff. <laughs> and he's got a and what a great info dump at the beginning. What probably one of the most expert prologue info dumps ever. Like once upon a time, mm-hmm. and we're getting a once upon a time instead of a book opening up. Right, we get the once yep. upon a time. There was a kingdom. There was a queen. She had a baby. She, or she was sick. They got the flower. Then there's the oh, remember this old lady? She doesn't come back. Remember I said to pay out for her again. And then it's yep. like. Let's just get this all the way and boom, let's let's get this movie going. And it's so expertly done and so charmingly delivered. And then when we finally do meet him, he's like, I get used to a view like this. Yep. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great uh, – uh, he's such a great character. Um, so I, I don't think there's a simple answer to why he's so charming. I think it's this com- com- combination of so much good stuff. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And, and, and expert writing – like you mm-hmm. said, with that with that information dump at the beginning, I mean, the characters in this film are just written so well. They have great one-liners. They have great, just it's it's oh. strange because it almost feels real in a sense. Like a lot of the stuff they say. <laughs> Sorry, I just like ten quotes just ran through my head from from this movie because this movie <laughs> makes me giggle so much. But like <clears throat> the 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 things that the characters say it, it it comes off as feeling real it comes off feeling genuine it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like it doesn't sound like the movies of like the renaissance era you know like like you you go you watch Aladdin you go and you watch Beauty and the Beast and there is a cadence to the dialogue there's a purpose of the dialogue it's it comes off as here's information i am conveying you not necessarily in a bad way but just you know more, you know yeah, like more presentational Right, it's it, that's that's a good that's a good way to put yeah, it. It's very a, presentational. There's a very you know, natural like, quality to to this, and and it's not, it doesn't have a, it's not too modern, at least in my opinion. I, and obviously, this entire podcast is my opinion, so I guess that goes without saying. But where it does, including my opinion, that's Stacey's right. <laughs> opinion too. <laughs> where, where it plays, where it plays on some modern uh, linguistics and and modern uh, language. It doesn't feel out of place like modern references and meta references do in other films. I'm not going to take a dig at Shrek right now, but I well actually that kind of just because I said I wasn't, it means I did. <laughs> oh, oopsie, oh, oopsie. oopsie. <laughs> There's that passive aggression. <laughs> <laughs> so TC uh, is yeah. Mother Gothel. Yeah. Oh, oh man, is that my sp- no? <laughs> Let's. We'll we'll get back to the comedy here. I want to talk about Rapunzel herself because she. Mm-hmm. Oh man, as much as I was thinking last week, and I can't can't help but feel this way. Forgive me if this comes off. Uh, to uh, I'm not trying to be a sexist or be a jerk or just be a dude about this, but thinking of Tiana, I'm like, man, that is such a, a, a she's such a wonderful woman, uh, such a character that I would. That's the kind of character I'm attracted to in terms of of a woman, right? She's very intelligent, driven, and and I th- and I know Jeff, you you have an affinity for Belle, and that she in in yeah. a lot of the check marks in your dude dude list, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, Rapunzel is so damn cute, and she is just this combination of wonderful things that. What? I, 
I just want to hug Rapunzel. Yeah, I, I just want to, be want her to like, and not, yeah, and not like, not like hug her like in a oh poor baby type of way. Like, I just want to hug her because she's cute and she's pretty and she's cute and she's lovable looking <laughs> and she looks like she'd be soft and like a big teddy bear, but not a big he, teddy bear because she's a tiny little woman. But you know what I mean? <laughs> she actually is very small when you think of this. Yeah. Here's the thing I think I was thinking of as I was watching this, Jeff, and I, and you can help. I think you can help me support this theory. I think the listeners could help me support this theory as well. Rapunzel is the combination of all the princesses before her. She has all the best qualities of every single princess we've seen in 50 films. In 49 True. films before her, she has Snow White's goodness. She has Cinderella's kindness. She has Aurora's beauty. She has Pocahontas's strength. She has Ariel's desire. She has Belle's intelligence. She has Jasmine's naivete. She has Tiana's will. And they all the connection to animals, the the perpetually barefoot. If you want to go there, she has all the best qualities of every single princess, and even some of the female protagonists. I might not have just babbled off right now. She has and all of on it. top of all of that, she's got real human emotions and 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 yes, doubts and insecurities she, yes like when they actually leave the tower and there's that montage where she's like this is amazing I oh my gosh go <laughs> like it's so brilliant so like she's she's all those things she's all of our princesses and she is still somehow also very human mm-hmm. and, and and i don't know if that is makes her too perfect in a sense that she is this very seemingly this combination of all the best qualities of of 49 films before her maybe not 49 films you know what i'm saying Um, yeah but it's you know maybe that makes her too perfect in a sense um and that by not having a a terrible amount of flaws that makes her less strong of a of a character especially a female character but then I would and I would an, overanalyze it to the point of the fact that it's it's this morality tale. It is a fairy tale. This is meant to be a parable, and lessons should be learned because that's what all fairy tales uh, are. Uh, their intent was in their inception was to mm-hmm. teach lessons. So so maybe over an overabundance of flaws would draw her into a dark area that that wouldn't be appropriate for telling the tale that needed to be told. Ooh, that was a mouthful. Right. <laughs> wow. Can I get the transcript on that one? <laughs> uh, mouthful. That's all so I got. That's all, as far she, as I got. And If she's the combination of all these great heroines that have come before her, I think Flynn, to go back to our conversation about him, I think he's the combination of all the best qualities of the princes before him. He's charming. He's roguish. He's, he's handsome. He's witty. You know, he's got the, he's a thief like Aladdin, right? He's, he's absolutely brave like Prince Philip. Like he is, he's this mysterious man who comes upon a a princess like Prince Charming from all the way back in, in Snow White. He's not a great character. Uh, You know, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) But then again, just like Rapunzel, Mm -hmm. he also is human. He has everyday uh, uh, quirks to his personality. You know, his insecurities and his backstory. I love that he admits his name before he before he thinks he's going to die. And how, you know, maybe this is just uh, for the sake of the children watching, or maybe this is more credit to the complexity of the script. His his willingness to accept their fate in the end when he thinks they're going to drown in the cave. And he's like, look, right. look, there's no, there's nothing we can do. It's too dark. We can't see. And, you know, my name's Eugene. People might as well know that. 
it, someone should know that before I die. <laughs> <laughs> and like that's it, stuff like that just makes characters like Rapunzel mm-hmm. and like Flynn um, just that much more lovable because now it's easier for you to relate to that character. Yeah, they, it's even they more have those easy flaws. for you yeah, to. Yeah, because yeah. now you can see yourself in the in those types of positions. The honestly. Rapunzel going back and forth about whether or not she should leave or whether or not she should be out of the castle or the tower or not. Mm-hmm. I have, I mean, I haven't freaked out about the fact that I should be in a tower and I'm not. That's not where <laughs> I'm going. But, but yeah. I have had like those, that back and forth and back and forth struggle uh, trying to figure out if a decision I've made, whether it's good or not. And, you know, one minute, one minute being fine and one minute not being fine. So even, even with her and in her situation, I could still watch that and go, yeah, I've done that. That's been mm-hmm. me. I've, I've <laughs> definitely had that numerous times. You know, I've also on a numerous occasions questioned why is a chameleon smiling at me? <laughs> Pascal, and, let's talk about Pascal because what a great, <laughs> what a great sidekick, man! C- certainly manufactured to sell toys, but oh, they, yeah. they nailed it. He's so he's such a great little sidekick character. He he brings some great support to to Rapunzel. His pantomiming is 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 just i love the my favorite bit with him i know it's just blinking you miss it is the ventriloquist moment yes one thing i i don't like about him and i think this was an honestly a mistake in the filmmaking and uh, aaron williams commented on our facebook page feeling the exact same way in fact saying out loud the exact same thing i felt which was uh he trips mother gothel in the end to trip her out the window. Now, granted she was on her way out anyway, but he didn't right. help matters. And I thought it, and Aaron wrote the exact same thing. And now he's a murderer. Like that, <laughs> that was one little moment where I'm like, ah, they shouldn't have done that. I, she, that, she that could have just naturally. Yeah. He had yeah. already, he had already served. And again, yeah, don't get me, don't get me wrong. I love Pascal. He yes, is yes, a yeah. brilliant oh, me too. character. Me too. Okay. It's just the one little flaw. I think the one right. little mistake they made was that little addition of him tripping her with the hair. Because he Although, didn't need to because guess, he had already yeah. served a major purpose in the film. He right. had already been used, you know, so it wasn't like, oh, they needed to work him into the, you know, the, the climatic finale mm-hmm. uh, of, of killing her. But me- Maybe it was this. Maybe it was a because did he mug to the camera? I can't remember if he did or not. I think he did. Like he looked to camera when he pulled the hair. Maybe it was him pulling the hair and looking at the camera, going, "Hey, look at this. She's gonna trip on the hair she loves so much, and that's gonna kill her." Irony. I'm, <laughs> I'm just the avatar for this. Uh, this this cruel, cruel irony. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> wink that's what that All look that said in about a half a second yeah i was gonna say <laughs> in about the half a second mugging to the camera yeah <laughs> but you know what as love as as much as i love pascal i love that he's there for rapunzel i love when he's you know keeping flynn in check i love all that him he, the duo of him and rapunzel that's not the best in the movie the best duo in this movie that just makes it so it's flynn and maximus maximus <laughs> maximus the horse we have our horse list jeff of all of these and we haven't had an addition in quite a while but we have the list of all the horses in disney movies he right. wins he wins he hands wins. down oh ha- because he he has an he has an arc. Yeah, the horse yes. has a flipping story arc in Jeff, this film. I kid you not. The note under the, my cursor right now is the freaking horse has an arc, <laughs> <laughs> which is insane. See, see, so 
Spoilers, guys. While TC and Zachary Levi are actually the same person, mm-hmm. me and TC are actually the same person as well. Which means I am also Zachary Levi. That's the twist. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel pretty good about myself. I'm wondering when that uh, that yeah, residual yeah. checks from Chuck will show up. Yeah, but well, eventually, it's cool. I, I spent it already. Maximus oh. and Flynn, their their relationship. Maximus is our arc. The he is such an awesome horse. He's such an awesome he, character. <laughs> and he starts off. He starts off like he starts off as in in theory. He basically starts off as like a bad guy. You know, right. really. I mean, not a uh, chasing the hero. bad guy. He's a yeah. He's he's chasing the hero because he's the the horse of the guard. You know, and he while the 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 guard uh, uh, voiced by MC Ganey, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, while uh, he. Well, he, you know, like he's giving directions to his men and then they cut down to Maximus and he's giving directions <laughs> to the horses as well. Like, so it's, he's obviously like, he's in charge. He's, he's powerful. He is the opposition for our protagonist character and the, fa- and, and, <laughs> and, you know, he's seeking him out, he's seeking him out, he's seeking him out. And then that moment where it's like, no, we have to work together. And he kind of does. And he <laughs> slowly warms, yeah, begrudgingly helps Flynn, you know, he put, what he Punches him in the stomach with his hoof, <laughs> like, like when, when Rapunzel's well, not looking. Like. Rapunzel's magic with the horse. She she was able to sit, sit, drop it, drop it. Oh, so cute, <laughs> oh, so cute. Oh, the animation. <laughs> but and yeah, go ahead. the the I want to segue into easily one of the most dynamic pieces of animation. Okay, I had complained a couple episodes ago that we lose a quality in CG from two right. D. Right, that the what you can do in terms of sight gags and there, there's something more forgiving. It, it, this was a couple episodes ago. It might have yep. even been last episode that I was discussing this, but th- this is just the expert of Glenn Keane, uh, expert ability of Glenn Keane and his animators and what they did with this movie. Uh, the sequence of escape from the Snuggly Duckling, right? Okay, where yep. it's just before the dam breaks. Flynn has to fight Maximus with a frying pan. And it's, <laughs> I want you to know this is the strangest thing I have ever done. <laughs> that sequence to the water breaking to, I mean, for the, the, the sword fight with, with Maximus is great. I mean, even when they're chasing the satchel earlier in the movie where he's mm-hmm. on the branch and boom, 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 is, is amazing. But that sequence of animation and comedy and the cinematic quality of that damn break is incredible that is next level <laughs> it's 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 almost like they were aware of that uh, of of the, the the lack of of being able to to produce in 3d what 2d could do like you were talking mm-hmm. about it's almost yeah. like they knew they're like ah there's something missing because this entire film while that is a great moment that that whole action sequence that whole dam break is 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 brilliantly done Mm -hmm. this entire movie has just just moment after moment of fantastical like fan just absolutely fantastic physical humor oh the and the the visual comedy of this is perfection yes like i you look at this movie and while while i was watching it this time i'm sitting here going like the entire film feels like they picked an end pose like they picked out, get they picked here. a frame. Get to this. 
because these poses are are brilliant. The expressions on the faces, the 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 way that the the the, the lip sync is done, the way mm-hmm. that they're even like their mouths, because like Flynn does stuff with his mouth that. <laughs> Hi. I mean, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is kind of an like, off day for me. <laughs> yeah. And it's just little things like I, that we haven't yeah. seen before, even in Pixar movies. If Pixar is the gold standard for CG animated mm-hmm. movies, and I mean, really, they are, they do some fantastic animation. <clears throat> this movie just blows what Pixar had done well, to a degree yeah, yeah, out of the yeah. water because of just those little tiny details yes, in the characters. Yeah. And, and this is this is furthering setting setting themselves apart from Pixar. Disney is finding a very distinct voice, very different from Pixar. They might be using uh, Lasseter might be utilizing the same sort of techniques in developing these films, but these films do not compare to one another anymore, and that's great. Because yeah. Meet the Robinsons and feels like Pixar-esque. And, and this is, won't be consistent because there's another movie in this library that it could easily be a Pixar movie. And the Pixar movie that came out the year that the, that movie I'm thinking of came out should have been the Disney movie. Anyway, <laughs> the visual comedy <laughs> in this is likened to – I'm likening it to Emperor's New Groove in its yes. Chuck Jones speed. It has that quality of timing. And comedy is all about the timing, and this move, this Tangled, has such wonderful, wonderful timing in its delivery of its gags, of its jokes, of its one-liners, of its drama too. Not just the comedy, but the way right. things are timed in this movie. Even as uh, go back, going back to Donna Murphy's delivery and some of her lines, is so expertly handled that you know it's like I'm just kidding, you know, oh, getting kind of chubby, like just kidding because i love you like there's there's a great sense of comedy to this entire film and that detail that that level of detail goes through the drama as well it's right well and and even down to just the 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 character placement the character poses the character um uh uh, interaction with one another just going back to mother mother gothel there when and near the beginning when she when like uh she says like um uh, something along the lines of like Rapunzel, you know I love you, mm-hmm. or something like that. And then she goes, I love you too, mother. And there's a beat of mm-hmm. Mother Gothel kissing, you know, she kisses Rapunzel's fo- like the top of her head. Yeah. And says, I love you the most. Oh, she's talking to the hair. <laughs> she's talking to the hair. It's Brilliant. super subtle. I didn't I even think of time. it. And God. I went, that's brilliant because you think, you know, initially and even obviously Rapunzel, she's even thinking like, no, she's, you know, oh yeah, she's saying that to me, She, but she's not. She's saying it to the hair and it's a tiny little detail because she doesn't, and it's just like her eye, oh, she kisses the top man. of her head, she kisses the hair and yeah. she looks quickly glances down at the hair and then walks away while she says that line. And it's so well done. Over it's an attention Facebook. to detail that could have just totally been blown out of the water, missed it. Yeah. Over at Facebook, Natasha said, noticed that as well. Uh, she had said, uh, watching the movie so many times, she noticed that when Mother Gothel tells Rapunzel she loves her, she always <gasps> kisses her hair or calls her flower. That's a nice, subtle touch. Good good eye, Natasha. I had not, until you had said that, Jeff, <laughs> oh man, that is a great attention to detail right there. I, that one was so well done. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, seriously, you Google just like Google tangled screenshots and you get <laughs> a slew of just keyframes in this movie where characters are making 
so expressive. Like they're so expressive. The faces that they're making, the the way that like their mouth is. <laughs> sorry, I found one of uh, Tangle or of uh, Flynn talking about like one of his uh, wanted flyers and the way that his <laughs> mouth just, is open. Just making fun of me. <laughs> yeah, like it's so well oh, done. It's now so, they're just being mean. The, the snappy so comedy in this is something that I I had wished there was more of. And I think you did as well in the riverboat moment with Lewis last week in Princess and the Frog, where yeah, uh, I tried to I tried to get on the boat once, and it cuts to the boat, and then the <laughs> it didn't go well. <laughs> didn't. I like more of that sort of physical humor, timing, and everything is what this movie is. Yeah, we got when she's trying to put Flynn in the in the cupboard yes. in the cabinet. Oh yes. my god! When he face plants, <laughs> and it's painful, but it's hilarious at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just oh, it's that sequence alone, that cupboard sequence, no dialogue. It's just <laughs> two minutes. Of physical humor, <laughs> and it's so well animated. You could, you couldn't do that better live action. No, well, like yeah, that's I would, the God, thing. I hope not. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's gonna yeah. hurt. But like, it's it's this. We're obviously praising the hell out of the, of the comedy in this, and and I want to go back to talking about the timing of this. It, it there's so many details that make this movie so. To use the word again, endearing. These characters are so likable that with all the comedy. In there, it makes the drama of the latter half of this film have so much more gravity to it because we've been with these with with Rapunzel through her journey. Uh, right, we care about her. We care. We we are rooting for her, and it feels light and fun and 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 fun and fancy free, right? But we know <laughs> we know the gravity of this story, and anyone paying really close attention knows that it ends with Flynn dying. So that when right. the turn comes, uh, that when the drama kicks in for that third half of the movie, third half, the third of the, the third part of the film. <laughs> now, TC, you're doing math like Jeff. Math. That's how Jeff does math. <laughs> there's there's such a gravity to it. And it's never so heavy that it's crushing. Like, it does not delve. It gets it approaches some darkness with with the frighteningness of the fog. And when the twins, voiced by Ron Perlman, love that yes. guy. <laughs> uh, try to kidnap Rapunzel. It gets a little, little scary there, but not so scary as we're looking at Black Cauldron territory or even Sleeping Beauty territory. But it does mm. have y- you worry. It's it's a very calculated development of the character arcs and of the story arc. Uh, that that when the turn comes, you know, there's some anxiety there and you worry there, but it never loses that sense of whimsy that it has to the whole thing. Um, right. It doesn't feel like it's totally out of place in like right. like a completely different movie at that point. But the the two moments that'll that'll tug it, I really feel work at, at least on me tugging my heartstrings every time is when Flynn sacrifices himself. Like I'm choked up even thinking that now. It's so silly. I know this is a fun movie and and but to really think of to really put a lot of uh, emotion into these characters like to attach myself to these characters. There's something genuinely heroic. And I think it helps that we've watched the 49 movies before this, that I can, I can really appreciate the arcs that these characters go on mm-hmm. and the other moments. And Jeff, you'll want to speak of this is the lantern scene. It's the culmination <sighs> of Rapunzel's journey. I'm, I'm when she fears 
what do I do if this isn't what I want it to be? And Flynn says, it will be what you want it to be. And well, then what do I do next? That's the best part about dreams. Once you achieve them, you get to find another one. And then the callback right. to that when he tells her, you were my next dream. Oh my God. That's that tear jerking. That's tear jerking. <laughs> yep. That song, that whole sequence. First off, uh, just to, to be clear, the song was nominated for an Academy Award the yeah. year it came out. Mm. It lost mm. to Pixar <laughs> and lost to uh, We Belong Together from Toy Story 3, which, yes, is a good we song. We belong together. together. <laughs> yes, we do. We but belong together. That's my Randy Newman. Your Randy Newman is like... Segwaying into Kermit, <laughs> mine is segwaying into the troll. This is what ha- this is how it works. <laughs> um, but like the <clears throat> that that whole moment, that song is a great song because it's got a double meaning to it. Because obviously, it's it's literally her seeing the light of these things finally, but mm-hmm. also both characters just like having their eyes open to a new world or to a new future or to this 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 in, this this world that they're in now potentially with one another or potentially with, you know, uh, outside of their norm and things have changed. They've, they've, they've grown up. They've had mm-hmm. their arc to a degree like that, that, that alone is, is fantastic. The moment is fantastic. Seriously. I'm not going to lie guys. Not going to lie. I tear up a little bit every time I hear and oh, see yeah. that moment. It, it's it makes that... me, it makes me happy. Sam. <laughs> Watching this movie as many times as I have, I've definitely seen it at least a half dozen or more times in its entirety. It's that moment and knowing what the ending is going to be that really chokes me up. And it's the the sacrifice Flynn makes and and uh, Rapunzel crying over him uh, that that oh. really gets me every time. And it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment because these it's and it it lends to that complexity that we that you have to dig for in previous films, I think. And I think you can, we might be over digging into this, but what, why the hell not? This movie's so good. I think in exactly. terms, in terms of fantasy, okay, this, you know, this might not be the absolute best when you're looking at fantasy animated fairy tales, right? One right. would argue it might, you know, I could see for the argument that no, this isn't the greatest of these, uh, these uh, uh, adaptations, right? But the tradition is gone. Okay, we we are in a new cinematic era of of these kind of films, of telling these kind of fairy tales, and it's not the cynical meta version of of a new way of telling fairy tales that we are we are done with, right? We've had a decade of those, and they can keep trying to put out movies like that, and they're not going to work. We don't that sarcasm and cynicism doesn't work. This is a new language being spoken here. It's it's Princess and the Frog really was the end of the traditional Disney old school and Renaissance musical. And, and Rapunzel is this, this gateway into a very brand new and a very refreshing way. It, it is it, it, definitive revival, right? We have revived right. the traditions of the musical of the fairy tale adaptation. I, I think even more so than if we want to go beyond this into something like, Ella Enchanted or Enchanted. I know that's weird that those two movies exist, but <laughs> those even have that slight sarcasm and cynicism that isn't homage more than mocking, right? Right. Uh, and there is a, a little bit of that less homage and more mocking we'll get from a fil- another film in this library that 
verges on, verges into a, a territory that I don't feel honors what came before. I think Tangled honors the traditions while making them something new. Yeah, because obviously, like, going back to like what you were saying, like the, the the opening of this movie is is our storybook opening. It mm-hmm. is the opening narration. You know, the only thing we're literally missing is the book opening, uh, and having the and having mm-hmm. Flynn start narrating stuff. They didn't go that route. They could have. They could have mm-hmm. so went that route without a without a problem. Mm-hmm. But they decided to kind of update it a little bit and have it just be a narration and a fun kind of like a, a kind of a fun narration. But we actually see the video visual happening. We're not just you know, that's not just like a silent um, backstory portion with no narrator or it's not just right, still you, frames from the book. You don't rip the page out and wipe your butt with it. Ugh, Anyone yeah, remember that's how Shrek starts? Just wanna, I, I, I swear to God, that's my last dig. I'm done. I'm, Are you sure? I'm watching, yeah, I'm, I, I'm actually annoyed with myself that I keep bringing it up. But it, <laughs> I'm going to finish by saying that I, I will finish my last mention of, of DreamWorks and how they handle, handle fairy tales with reinforcing what i'm saying now that we are in it's done tradition is is done okay and and to honor that we have tangled and tangled pays very very great love to what has come before while saying now we have to do things differently and not in that cynical way and that's we won't get we we can't get fairy tales like we did before anymore so much so that the one fairy tale that i've developed based on my love of fairy tales it makes me have just huge amounts of anxiety and self-doubt that i even should have ever done what i've done because of <laughs> but then again what? maybe i'm just giving tangle too much credit i don't know whatever <laughs> I mean, Tangled is really pretty awesome. So <laughs> this movie is a rogues gallery of some of the best of the best. You have John Laster on, on production. You have Glenn Keane in charge of animation. Uh, uh, Dave Fogelman is the writer of this, who has has recently gained some notoriety and fame with This Is Us, as the creator of that show. Oh yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, he also wrote Cars One and Two, and he wrote Bolt, um, and. Oh no! Did he write both? Yeah, he wrote both. And Alan Menken on music. Just those four guys combined, it's unbelievable. And and if I can talk about Glenn Keane, the master of all masters, this movie had a two hundred and sixty million dollar budget. This is the most expensive animated feature film. <laughs> <laughs> two hundred and sixty. Every... That is more than Man of Steel. That is more than early Marvel movies' budgets. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> It was not wasted. No. It was totally worth all the money that was spent. <laughs> it's it's because this, and this goes to a tradition of this entire library. This goes tradition of Disney Studios. New techniques were demanded by Glenn Keane for this film. Because we you had said maybe that they were aware of the limitations of CG versus 2D in terms of comedy, right? Glenn mm-hmm. Keane, this was his edict. When he said, okay, we're going to do this film, we're going to do it CG, we need to have the computers bend to the artist, not the other way around. And they designed new algorithms and new techniques to hand-draw this film using computers, as opposed to forcing the the hand-drawn animators to have to bend to the will of the computer. They made the computers bend to the will of the humans, which is why this movie probably cost over $250 million to make. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm sure a lot of that money went into like just like research and development, you know, mm-hmm. like all the R&D in order to make the computers do the, what they needed it to do in order for them to get what they wanted out of it. They want He wanted to have the multi-pane system 
via CG. He wanted to create brush strokes so that you could see the details and the lines through CG. Like the, right. the, the amount of work that went into developing this film is unbelievable. And it's because they wanted it. They, they could have taken shortcuts. They could have done what they've been doing. But no, they, they wanted it to be better. This is the 50th film. It deserved this sort of attention. Right. And honestly, like the other thing that I was thinking about that, that, that improvement in the technology, I mean, <clears throat> we were only two years prior, uh, when this film came out two years prior was bolt, you know, five mm-hmm. years before that was chicken little. It's only been five years. And now while chicken little didn't look bad, chicken right. little definitely looks dated mm-hmm. in its CG tangled looks beautiful. Like it's gorgeous the entire film is gorgeous it's it's great detail great animation you know like when they're when they're wet but water's hard to do when they're (laughs) wet in the in the cave they look a little it it looks a little like ever so slightly off but then Mm. they go underneath the water when they're swimming to 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 their safety they're underwater and there's particles floating in the water and it's just it looks it looks right it looks gorgeous they they created a in the depth of field they created a haze in the distance Right. So that like, yep. you know, when you're looking in your reality for if you can see miles and miles, there's a haze in the air. They created that in the animation. They, the camera work in this, I talked earlier about that damn sequence. The cinematic camera work in this is is on the level of of uh, live action. The, my yeah. favorite shot. It's such a simple one. It's when Flynn and Maximus are racing out of the kingdom to out of Corona to to get to Rapunzel, and the camera swoops towards them. Yeah, it's the helicopter shot, and then swings around and watches them go. It might be a simple shot in terms of you know camera technique, even in real life, but it looks so neat. (laughs) Yeah, it's so neat. They did a fantastic job at kind of like recreating some of those and it's like some of the flaws in actual filmmaking you mm-hmm. know when things like leave camera or they're not perfectly centered like they <laughs> there's a couple moments where that happens and now keep in mind everybody this is a cg film where everything is fa- everything's digital and you can make everything perfect but they don't they let things kind of f- slip and slide out of camera like a real film would like live action would and yeah. it's done so well. That attention to detail is so amazing. If if you want to focus on anything next time you watch this, just to, to appreciate the level of detail that went into this, look at Flynn's stubble eyelet and look at uh, the eyelashes and the freckles on Rapunzel. Oh, and, yes. And just the the hair in close-up, especially like uh, Flynn's sideburns or, oh, your, your sideburns are growing and you must be really happy about those. Like. That just I, and it's funny. Why wouldn't hair be the most important thing that they develop for a movie about a girl with magical hair? <laughs> I know, right? Can, if they Candace got can, anything right, it was that. <laughs> can, so Candace's hair right now is like down to her nearly her knee at this point, and she's looking oh, at Rapunzel's hair, going, "That would be so heavy." And then when it gets wet, she's like, "She'd be dead." And I kept having to go, Candace, it's magic hair. <laughs> <laughs> that does seem to change length a little bit throughout the film. I, I think they agreed. Seems to kind of bounce back and forth. It was, I think the animators agreed it was 70 feet long, which is insane. Um, and it would Ugh. weigh 10 and a half pounds. Oh, <laughs> it would just um, be yanking at your yeah. skull all day long. I love the moment when they go into Corona and it's the celebration in the market or in the, in the, in the city. And she's like, Oh, my hair, my hair. And then Flynn sees the little girls like, Hey, and the little girls like, ee! and they braid it. And actually that, <laughs> that whole sequence is brilliant. Like that's, I love I love a good montage that doesn't feel like a montage. 
Right. You know, like, and that sequence doesn't feel like a montage yeah. at all. Like oftentimes a montage will, will f- you, uh, me having seen, I don't know, countless movies, a montage will often hit and I'll start singing the montage song from Team yeah. America. Like, if you yep. want to pass some time, you montage. But with, with this, it's a very nice development of Flynn and Rapunzel and Pascal and Maximus when they're by the fountain and Flynn's kind of giggling googly eyes and Maximus elbows him and he's like, yeah, yeah, all right, come on. <laughs> 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 to, to continue off of camera work and just, just the, our obvious praise for this movie, the, there's some great motivated cuts in this film as well. And, oh. and I, I will... I keep saying I'm going to talk about the language of film, and, and I'll get to it, but there's some great motivated cuts, like when Mother Gothel says, you'll know it when you smell it, and it, boom, cuts to Maximus Smith sniffing the ground, right? It's, right. It's motivated cuts like that might might seem, oh, that seems obvious, but more often than not, it's just cut to the next scene, or cut to establishing shot, start the next scene. When you can skip an establishing shot and not lose the audience, that's that's some pretty expert filmmaking. And that's a credit oh, yeah. to to the director uh, to to do stuff like that. Through the course of this movie, there's some really neat, motivated cuts in the editing. Good stuff. Well, and and a lot of times the editing works to help with the comedy. You know, yeah, like that's yeah. definitely oh, yeah. half of it. <laughs> the 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 cutback to reactions. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, just. Again, that whole montage scene of, of Rapunzel trying to put Flynn inside the cupboard is all, it's <laughs> its funny visually, but it's also funny, uh, you know, comically because of the timing of the shots, the, the cutting into, yeah. yes, oh, so <laughs> good. Oh, that scene is just brilliant. Uh, I can't help myself. That scene's the best thing why ever. She not, oh, I love when, she, when he, she's like, you'll never find the crown. It's in that pot, isn't it? Bang. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and I love that they don't, they don't even show her hit him. It cuts out to a wide of the tower and you just hear it. Yeah, and. <laughs> and, and then, and then the smash cut up, back. How do they cut out of it? Pascal's tongue is in his ear again. <laughs> it's just in. It's just in. You don't see it's him sticking it in. Yes. <laughs> Which is just and it, perfect. And he rubs his elbow. Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, you know, something I, I noticed this time that I hadn't before is that he constantly calls Rapunzel Goldie and Blondie, and he calls her by n- nicknames instead of calling her by her real name until he tells her his name. Because after that point, she only calls him Eugene, and he actually calls her Rapunzel. I'd never noticed that before uh, this time around. Because I was I was making oh. a I was making a checklist of how many nicknames he gives her. And yeah. After that moment, he doesn't call her Blondie or Goldie or anything like that again. He actually calls her Rapunzel. And it's that because they experienced near death together uh, that I feel like there was an element of trust and respect earned. That's that's a neat little detail. Man, I completely missed that. That yeah. is awesome. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then there's the death on screen. We get a second movie in a row where a character literally dies on screen. <laughs> and that is... Really, something I had mentioned it earlier as a scene that always chokes me up, and I just—it's worth mentioning that we see a character die from a stab wound to the stomach on right. screen, on Woo. screen. <laughs> Which every time that happens in this movie, I, I, I always forget it's gonna happen. So when it happens, I'm, I'm always taken back just a little bit because I, yeah. I forget that Mother Grothel's Mother Grothel, Mother Grothel, Mother Grothel. Um, uh, that, <laughs> that I forgot, like that she that she does it. So it always takes me by. Uh, it takes me, you know, it's, it, it takes me a little bit to to 
when it when it happens. I don't yeah. know what I'm trying to say. It takes oh, it catches you off guard. Oh, look at that. It catches me off guard. Thank you. That's what I was. That's that is exact. Yeah. See, guys, this is why TC and I are the same person. Yeah, he knows what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he understands obviously. me. He speaks Jeff. I totally speak Jeff. <laughs> um, uh, it, it, we've we've just spent an hour praising this movie, and, and I think that it's fair to say we know we're going to rank these. But I I just think that there's something so special about this film, and about these characters, and about this is a great fiftieth film. Sitting yes. now, watching these movies again with you, Jeff, in order one to fifty. When we little the little speed bumps around the, along the way, where it's like, oh boy, that was a misstep. I, I'm glad Home on the Range wasn't the 50th movie. I'm glad yes. uh, you know, something like Oliver and Company wasn't a, a bench a landmark number as well. You know, why is 50 I guess we give the significance to the number 50. 50 itself is not a significant number, you know, but it's it's a monumental moment in this library to hit and I'm so glad it's a movie that's so good. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. Because it really could have been, a, it would have been so much more depressing if it was Home on the Range. Yeah. Like, well, they made 50 movies and well, what's the 50th movie? That. Yeah, no coming It's not very it. good. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> not exciting that, whatsoever. Maybe that's why they cut movies from this library from time to time. <laughs> that we, we, we forget Wild is part of this list in the United Kingdom. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So... <clears throat> So, so I do have one, ITC, yeah. I do have one normal conversation question. It's not okay. what you think it is. Okay. Don't okay. worry. Okay. I do want to ask you this one question because I, th- I thought about this. So Pascal knows Rapunzel's hair has healing power. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, now, why do you think Pascal knows that? Huh. Well, Question. Um... Yeah. Let me let me if I can oh. seed if I can seed a possibility here. Let okay. me know if this is oh, crazy playing, or not. You know what? Let's play theories. Is this delving into theory territory? It's I, a little bit of a theory territory. Because yeah. I got a theory for you. <laughs> okay. So I am get, I'm very excited. Give me give Are, me the pa- to- give me the Pascal. No, we don't have to talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting very hand like my hand, whatever. <laughs> Pascal, <laughs> what's your theory? Go plant that seed. Chameleons only live. Five to ten years. Oh. Is it possible Pascal was saved and brought back by Rapunzel's hair? Uh, yeah, I think so. And I think that's, that's why he knows. Yeah. Now, obviously, we don't know when she got Pascal. She might have only, you know, Pascal might have honestly only be a couple oh, years old at this point know, in this film. You know what? Because he never showed up. Like, we didn't see Pascal when she was a baby. No, of you course know, like, not. So that's obviously not, not it's, he's not 18 years old. No, no, no. But do you think... That's how he knows. Yeah, I am going to reinforce this theory with the fact that Pascal hides from Mother Gothel. Because if right. he had been a dead chameleon and Mother Gothel would have been like, oh, get that thing out of here. And then Rapunzel brought him back. She'd be like, okay, I brought you back. Don't let Mother see you. Right. So that lends credence to lends credence to this theory. Oh, that's, yeah, I, uh, I guess I... I don't know much what more much more evidence you could build off this theory, but I like it. I like it because because I was just I was trying to figure out when that moment happened. I was trying to I was trying to figure out. I'm like, well, so how does he know? How does he know her hair has healing powers? Well, Obviously, sure she's probably it. gotten hurt. You know, she's probably got scraped up, and then she found out that it heals herself. Yeah, um, and, and he's in there when Mother Gothel's combing hair, like doing combing her hair, and like do the magic. So he's witnessed it working. Right. 
Yeah. But I'm wondering if maybe something happened to him and Rapunzel helped him and brought him back. Yeah, I like that idea. I, and I and it's reinforced by the fact that he is so uh, get out of sight, you know, don't let her see you. Huh, yep. There you go. I like it. I like Interesting it. Interesting theory. I'm so right, cool. <laughs> TC, what is your theory? I, I okay, this 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 okay, yeah, I'm going to give it now. Okay. Good. All right. So the original based on the time periods that this movie takes place in and the one I'm going to connect it to. Yeah. Okay. So here's the theory. Everyone knows the theory that this is connected to Frozen. The assets were available. They go to the, they're at the the, the best day ever, whatever. Yes. We yep. know that Frozen and Tangled take place in the, in the same universe. Got right. it. No, no qualms about that. But I posit this. Could Rapunzel's mother be Belle? The silence, the silence is us thinking. The, the podcast did not end there. <laughs> okay. Think of Spoiler Rapunzel's alert, love for done. books. <laughs> think, think of Rapunzel's love for books, all right? Uh, okay. uh, Rapunzel has green eyes. Uh, her mother has hazel eyes, all right? They're that, you know, that weird greenish brown. So does mm-hmm. Belle. Belle also has hazel eyes. One might argue they're brown, but other people might argue they're green. And I say that makes them hazel by the fact that people can't decide what color they are. <laughs> <laughs> so then, if she's Belle, mm-hmm. so does that mean that the, that the king is is Prince is Be- Philip or is, not? Is, not Prince Philip is Beast. Is Beast Matthew? Yes. Or Adam. Matthew. Yeah. Adam. 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 Yes. Adam. That's oh, my gosh. theory. That Rapunzel is the daughter of Beauty and the Beast. What do you think? Interesting. Can, can this? Yeah, you know, I, I don't have much support for this other than the fact that ma- magic flowers have existed before in Beauty and the Beast. That is true. So that's my. That's one of my. That's how I'm trying to strengthen this <laughs> argument. <laughs> trying to think here, and you know that could be. Oh, interesting. I, I I'm trying to you I'm trying to like about, run through. Yeah, you can. You don't have to. We don't have to come to a conclusion. I'm just throwing it out there. If if you guys like that idea, toss it in the comments section. Of, yeah, uh, let us know in the comments over at about Facebook.com/slash/topshelfpod, where every Monday when we are going to record, we throw up the episode for you guys to comment on, and then come back on Wednesday where this is airing, and you can comment there as well and react to things we said. Like, does this theory hold water, Jeff? Your theory holds water. Does my theory hold water? Uh, well, let's get a glass and see. Hmm, <laughs> 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 bad jokes. Bad <laughs> jokes are fun. But <laughs> Dang, now I'm going to have to do some thinking about that theory because yeah. like, yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. I, w- I want to see if there's more that we can pull that can uh, that can support that theory because that's a fantastic, <laughs> well, interesting I'm gonna, concept. I'm glad you like it. I want you to dwell, dwell on it a little bit, but I'm just going to toss out real quick. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Show this movie to your kids. Show it to little boys. Yes. Show it to little girls. Show it to your dog. Show this to your little chameleon. Your frog. It's a chameleon. Semantics. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Newman. Uh <laughs> Uh, sorry <laughs> the the um, the fact that it's called Tangled was a brilliant move by production yep. that it's as much about Flynn as it is about Rapunzel that's why they didn't want to call it that and um, there's some great lessons in this some great humor it's not so dark that I feel there's scarier movies in this library oh yeah and there's absolutely even, even Renaissance movies have a, few, a, a bit more darkness than this movie does but it still has some good thrilling moments to it um, the darkest moment would be would be Mother Gothel's death. Yeah, 
Where'd she go? I think honestly, it that 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 moment maybe when they're potentially <laughs> drowning in the cave, but Little her bit, death yeah. is probably the darkest moment mm-hmm. because she's d de- or she's oh, aging, yeah, aging rapidly. Yeah. What have you and then done? She, <laughs> and then she falls out the window and ages so much she just dissolves into dust. You know, she should have drank the hair because Rapunzel's mom didn't age very much compared to no. her dad. <laughs> Rapunzel's yeah. mom looking good for her age, <laughs> however old she is. Don't know how old she is. She's at least 18 years older, hasn't aged a bit. Of course, of course, yeah, see now that's the question. So the 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 flower brought her mom back from death. Mm-hmm. Now, did it stop her aging at that point? No, I think I think it slowed down her aging process. I'm gonna okay. go with that. Because okay. it looks like she did age a little bit and and dad stressed himself into gray hair, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, so yeah, that, watch this with your kids. It's got some great stuff to it. I don't know if there's too much to be discuss, discussed in terms of lessons to be had. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there is there is the the conversation of, you know, what do you do once you achieve your dreams? Well, that's the best part. You get to dream something new. Like there's that line in itself has something wonderful to it in that uh, that you could bestow upon your children. And at the very least, the kids are going to gonna love it. Pascal <laughs> and, yeah. and and Maximus <laughs> and Maximus they're gonna yeah. at, the, at the least they're just gonna laugh at the entire movie yeah. and like the songs and sing yeah. the songs I know my nieces enjoyed this movie to death <laughs> this was one of those that Uncle Jeff happily watched with his nieces over and over again multiple <laughs> yeah I'm like I'm like tangled again let's do it come on yeah. guys and and it's it's something <laughs> why does this movie not annoy people like Frozen does we don't have to go into a Frozen conversation right now but I'm just curious mm. why why that's a thing and we'll discuss that when we get there uh, okay tropes Jeff Perpetually barefoot Tropes. character. Yep. Does animal got, sidekick. Animal sidekick. Yes. 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 <laughs> does um, she fall to her death? Does this count or does it not count? Because I see, don't think it counts. It's it's tricky. She does fall out the window while mm-hmm. still alive. Did we have a half? Didn't didn't we have a half of somebody on this <laughs> on this list? Does oh, this, half? <laughs> this might complete that. Oh man, I'm gonna have to go through my notes because I think we did. Where it was okay. like it's kind of it's that one. It's a half. Of it's that. a half. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go back through my notes and find that yeah. trope because yeah, because she does she does fall out the window and if she didn't completely disintegrate <laughs> by the time she hit the bottom, she would have fallen to her death. <laughs> so it's kind of like. Both, uh, yeah. and then also orphan protagonist, Flynn. Flynn, yeah, because he grew up in an orphanage. Nice. Yes, he uh, did. See, you always catch me on those. I you catch me on some of these <laughs> that I'm like didn't even consider. Eugene it was, it's Fitzherbert. A little... <laughs> <laughs> I love that name too. Mm-hmm. I love I love his name is Eugene. <laughs> but so yeah, those are my those are my four. Uh, those are the four tropes that I had found. You okay. said the perpetually barefoot protagonist, which mm-hmm. is true. Um, this is yeah. like. Just, yeah. It's all my, and actually, it's all my favorite tropes, too. It is, you, yeah, you right? haven't realized. It's the villain, uh, you know, I'll still say it's the villain falling to their death. It's, it's the orphan, it's my favorite tropes, mm-hmm. all in one movie. Yeah. Guys, I kind of like this movie. <laughs> well, uh, the fans seem to love this movie, too. We got a, quite a, just praise from everyone. I don't see one bad word about this movie on over at Facebook. Uh, like I said, we put the episode up before we're going to record. Kim, Casey, obviously, there was no doubt about this. She says, with many Kim exclamation like points. <laughs> one of my fave Disney movies. Uh, Natasha, who I mentioned earlier, pointed out, uh, what did she say here? Uh, Next to Beauty and the Beast, this is her favorite Disney animated movie. Flynn's sarcasm, Rapunzel's determination to take control of her life. Like Tiana, and she's not looking for a prince or love. She finds that amazing. Um, 
and then she also mentioned the hair earlier uh, about Mother Gothel, uh, which was well cut, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Chris Scholl says one of his favorites, the duet between the two leads, is possibly one of the greatest Disney songs. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and going back to origins of adapting a fairy tale and making it Disney, fun film, Brad Garrett, Chuck, Mandy Moore, what more could you want? Um, Agreed. Uh, Sarah Bigelow says, I prefer Tangle over Frozen any day. Plus, I see the light is the best addition to the Disney songbook in years. Never got around to seeing it in theaters, um, but that scene alone with the gorgeous floating lanterns makes me wish I had. Oh, yes, you're you're not wrong. And Candace caught, I did not catch this, and maybe, maybe other people have, but I did not catch this. The lantern that's drifting down that she lifts back up, has mm-hmm. has the royal seal on it. It's her parents' lantern. Oh, I did. Candace I missed that. that. I'm like, you got to I had to rewind. I'm like, yep. There's the royal seal. Well, well, royal seal. Well caught. Oh, <laughs> I completely missed that. <laughs> oh, now I see the light. Such a good. Yes. Thank you, Sarah, for listening. Thank you for commenting. Wyatt's our our devoted fan. Wyatt here. Um, <laughs> he has quite a bit to say. I'm gonna just skim it real quick. He mentions Glenn Keane as a god of animation. Uh, oh, he has a question here. If we will indulge him, mm-hmm. of the yodelers and or polka performers in the Disney Library, we have the Seven Dwarves, Alameda Slim, the Pub Thugs, the Pub Thugs, love it, of the Snuggly Duckling, <laughs> uh, and maybe he's forgotten other. Who do you think performed it best? Uh, Snuggly Duckling. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that the other ones were bad, but this one was just, it was good. No, this one was the best. This yeah, hands best. down. Hands down. Just hands down. I mean, the dwarves do, do, a, do a very fine job, but I'm not running to that on my playlist. <laughs> no. I will run to this one, though. Yeah, and Alameda <laughs> Slim. I got a dream. <laughs> Alameda Slim is, that's literally the only impressive thing about Home on the Range is his yodeling, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And um, even that's not the best. No. No, it's not. No. He's, stop he's trying third. to give that movie on, any kind of positive. Let's, let's stop referencing <laughs> it. <laughs> um, uh, he does say that uh, he, I mentioned earlier he liked all the songs, but the song that he doesn't quite feel is uh, When Will My Life Begin. He doesn't feel ha- fits quite the rest of the film. You know, fine. You know. That's your opinion. <laughs> I mean, you're wrong, but... <laughs> no, but it's fine. fine. It's fine. You can have your opinion, but it's wrong. <laughs> uh, Aaron Williams says, uh, back in the Renaissance, he was trying to predict what the next princess story would be, and he guessed Rapunzel. So it was very exciting for him to see that come to fruition. Uh, when he saw this at the time, he had his little blonde little blonde daughter, and they hadn't cut her hair yet. So uh, he, he would joke with her that he would lock her in a tower to keep that pretty little princess away. <laughs> you're the villain, Aaron. I think that's what you're yep. admitting here. You, Aaron is Mother Gothel. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you just admitted to. Uh, and uh, Thomas shows some love for Pascal, even having a framed drawing of Pascal, which he gives which, visual reference to. <laughs> yeah, and is awesome, too. That's so cool. I, I wonder if, is he personally for me in Disneyland? Okay, so he got it from Disneyland. That's awesome. Great. Mm. My favorite place in Disneyland is off the page, which if anyone's ever been to Disneyland, it's the it's the animation store slash attraction where you can just sit and watch the press. It's amazing. Google it. Uh, and finally, <laughs> Star Scar or Scar Star Scar, says Scar Star. all caps. Maximus for best Disney horse. Yes, 
Yes. Hex. I, we, we yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thank you for the comments here. Jeff, of all the Disney movies we've watched, ah, is, is this hard? I mean, <laughs> we both know where this is. This yes. Is, yeah. I do need to say something, though. Oh, oh, okay. I had a little bit of a hard time deciphering or deciding exactly where this movie was going to sit. Okay. I mean, we're talking about between first and second. Spoilers, okay. guys. It's number one. It's number one. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. So between I'm Lilo sorry. and Stitch, Lilo and Stitch, and Tangled. Hey, look. I know sometimes I get a couple of tweets. People are like, "How dare you put this above this?" And it's always, I always have to remind you. And I'm sorry for our devoted listeners who've heard me say this ad nauseum. Sometimes it's a fraction. Sometimes it's a it's, fraction. And in this case. I'm sure, in in as punny as I mean it, it's a hair's length of, uh, of ah, distance. Rim shot. <laughs> um, and, and, and no, I'll let you please, true. please, yeah, please explain for your taste why you're you're bumping it above uh, to the top spot. It's and it is. It is. It's it's a fraction. It's it's the tiniest little fraction above Lilo and Stitch mm-hmm. because Lilo and Stitch is a brilliant film. It's emotional. It's about family. It's about, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's got real true meaning behind Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. And it's, yes, it's hard not to love that film. It's oh, got yeah. great comedy. It's got great moments. It's got great songs and music and characters. But at the end of the day, I would, I would immediately put Tangled on because there's just, it's, Tangled is more of who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. It's my taste in movies. It's got the physical humor. It's got great sight gags. It's got well-written dialogue. You know, that makes me laugh. It makes me feel good. It still can bring an emotion out of me. Because that was the thing is that I'm, you know, again, Stitch standing in that opening with the Ugly Duckling book going lost, (laughs) Lost. just going lost. My, it's making me tear up just thinking about it right now. Like, honestly, that mm-hmm. is so emotional and so sad. And I hate it and I love it at the same time. <laughs> but so does this movie. This movie makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Like, with <laughs> I See the Light. Like, it's a great song. And it's, a, it's, ah, it's just, it's, it's like, Tangled is like number one on the list. Lilo and Stitch is like, one point zero 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 ten, like five. Okay, like that's how close yeah. this is. Yeah, we can't have ties. No, so it has to be number two. <laughs> Otherwise, I, it would be tied for first. And and I'm placing it my number one as well for much of the exact same reasons you have just stated, Jeff. There is there is an epic quality to this film, and and that's not to diminish the the quality of. Lilo and Stitch. There's more of right. a of an intimacy in Lilo and Stitch, and it's a much more intimate story. It's a much more real story. It's a much more human story, despite being about aliens. But right. in in my pure love of escapism and and the adventure and what film can do to an, to the imagination, I have to give it to Tangled. Like no doubt about it. And even watching this entire library and just watching these ten, as special as Lilo and Stitch and Princess and the Frog are to me. Tangled is this refreshing breath of air, of fresh air, <laughs> that <laughs> every time I watch it, I feel this joy. Uh, I, it makes me want to tell stories. It makes me want to uh, to 
to craft cinema like movies like that. And and I love Lilo and Stitch. There's it's been number one this entire chunk of ten for yeah. very good reason. And it stands as one of the best of the Disney movies. But when it comes down to the traditions of Disney, when it comes down to the traditions of animation and and their accomplishments through the course of these films, Tangled does something so special and so wonderful that I had to make it number one. So there you go. So for better or for worse, there's our there's our list, guys, <laughs> with only one movie, uh, two movies out of place from each other, which is, I think, our closest list yet. Dang you, Chicken Little! <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, Jeff, what? Okay, let's 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 discuss this now because we've just finished our section. Our this is our fifth section of ten. Yep. Right. Yep. What did you think of this ten? Like what? What are your feelings coming out of this ten? I, I have I have quite a bit to say, and I'll let you go first. I don't want to ho- hog all our time. But what oh, no. did you think about this section? It was definitely it was a, it was another one of those weird sections. Um, I think the last one for us, and I'm just kind of skimming through it here real quick, would have been our third our our third round that definitely that that spanned this giant chunk of time. Not necessarily this one. This one only spanned. What ten years? I think at most. At most, um, yeah. We go from yeah, because Emperor's New Groove was two was December of two thousand, and this was twenty. This is twenty ten. So yeah. ten years for this one, but the 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 quality of the films, the the the, the changeover from two D to to three D animated film, the evolution of Disney attempting to find itself while you know while it's simultaneously being lost amongst other successful companies and properties, but then finding its footing and going, no, we figured it out. We're here. It is. This is what we need to do now. And being correct. It, it was, it's, it was a fascinating 10 to watch yeah. that evolution yeah. of the company to have a company like Disney have that second evolution. And, you know, in, in, in less than 20 years, hmm. you yeah. know, because our because because the, the the Renaissance era was the late '80s, you know, they, and that was they we're in twenty. So I guess sorry, thirty years. But in less than thirty years, to have them go through this again, trying to figure out what to do to make themselves better, and us ending with them having succeeded and having yeah. them found oh, yeah. their foot is so. It's so fascinating to watch them try, and new people are coming in to to to, to shake things up when Lasseter are coming in. Like it's just. It's so it was a, it was a very fa- it was a very fascinating ten films to watch. I'll just yeah. I'll leave it at that. It, it was it, for for me. This wasn't as rocky of a road as I was expecting in watching right. these ten. You know, with Lilo and Stitch and the surprise of Bolt, <laughs> and especially <laughs> Princess and the Frog and Shirley Tangled. Um, w- with the rest, this is the weakest ten. Like when we re- when I re- when I look at the ten in the t- the tens that we've watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that first era was going to be weak when I look at the wartime era, but no, you got Bambi, Fantasia, Snow White. Uh, um, uh, what else is in there? Uh, just um, the classics, even even uh, one of the package films, hashtag package films. Hashtag package films, yay! Yeah. It's the weakest <laughs> of all the 10 that we've had and will have uh, all right. the way through viewing of this library. There's no, there, and there's several reasons for this, okay? And I, I'll definitely want to discuss this in greater detail when we get to our final episode of this of this show. But for this era in particular, and I think this the second dark age and the beginning. So this is the second dark age and the beginning of the revival, right? This mm-hmm. was a growing period, and 
not just for Disney, but in animation and cinema, in movies right. themselves. The, to go from 2000 to 2010, this was a transformative decade of cinema. And I don't want to make a whole thing of it right now and here, like here now, but it goes without saying because, duh, things, <laughs> things really changed because of the attacks on September 11th. Yeah. The, the 2001, September 11, 2001, when those, when the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, when those attacks happened, things changed. And movies in the past 10 years uh, came out, like the past 10 years of these animated f- films that we've watched came in a period of dynamic and dramatic change in the types of movies that are made and that the types of movies people want and love and most importantly the heroes of films like these right when i th- when i think of think of this whole library jeff and again i'll go into this greater detail when we when we get to the final episode but it's 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 something that really struck me in watching this now consider the heroes of this te- these 10 films these are flawed heroes that need to change in order to find what they need you know, it's it goes to want and need, which is what Princess and the Frog talked about, and it's what Tangle talks about as well in in its lyrics. The heroes of the past, Cinderella and Aladdin, and uh, going back to Snow White's, going look at the entire library. These are characters that needed to stand firm in who they are and wait for the world to to figure that out that they right. aren't going to change. And the heroes and protagonists of these ten films had to change in order to find who they are. And that's, surely you could pinpoint a couple of characters from before this 10 that had to do that. But look at look at what Cusco had to go through. Look at what um, uh, Jim has to go through in Treasure Planet. Look at what Rapunzel has to go through in Tangled. Look at all these characters. These are characters that had to change who they are in a world that wasn't going to change. And that is very reflective of the era that these movies came out with. Huh. <laughs> you know, I, are, are, are there more flawed heroes than the ones in these chunky? Yeah, yeah, probably. And, and are, I don't know. I'm trying to articulate what I'm trying to say here. I hope I'm doing okay. There was a shift. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. <laughs> there was a shift in the way we as film goers absorb media and entertainment and that is reflective in how much the language of film has changed since 2001 and in the decade and a half since. And again, this is something we can talk about when we reflect on the entire library of movies. But it's worth pointing out, at least for these 10, that like we did, like we did when we watched the hashtag package films, what Yay. the impact of the world had on Disney animation. And as soon as they stopped trying to compete with other companies and started trying to find their own voice again, look at what that revival came fast. It came hard and it came amazing with Tangled. So uh, just watching these, the growing that has happened in these 10 films, it's, it's, it's a greater, it was a greater dip in quality to a spike in quality (laughs) right? than, than we've seen before, but and it might be equal to the previous dark age, but you know, I don't. What do you What do you think about any of that, Jeff? I'm sorry to to wax all poetic there, but it was it was something that I it really dawned on me in watching these heroes, and reflecting on these ten films, what that what that era was, and it didn't cross my mind until I was writing notes for this episode. 
Yeah, and you know what? That until you brought it up, it, it never really crossed my mind either. It wasn't something that I had. I think I had, I I consciously knew that there was something different about these movies, but the connection of it being, like you said, the 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 characters who need you know who 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 either know who they are or need to change who they are, you know, if, you know, like with the rest of the world, it's a good representation of of the type of world that we live in nowadays, post nine eleven. Or, you know, right after that. That was, mm-hmm. hmm, I can't say it nearly as eloquent <laughs> as you can. Um, well, I, I agree know. with what you said, though. It, that's Yeah. I And I don't know, I don't necessarily think that's going to continue through the remainder of, of this library. I think that, that, right. that those growing pains in trying to rediscover how we tell and present stories through film, through television, through media, I think those growing pains, pains have worked themselves out. To a, to a point now where media and the, the movies we're going to watch are going to reflect society in a much different way and mm-hmm. in no less of a significant way, though. Um, but we but yes, we we only have six episodes remaining, Jeff. Yeah, I know. We, we don't have to commi- commiserate, commiserate. Com- you, you used the word incorrectly before. <laughs> we don't have to do, be sad just yet. We have what might be the hardest set left to go to rank. I know. These, these and it's the and it's the shortest one. It's not even a yeah. full 10 movies. Yeah. It's it the most recent films are some of the freshest in in my heart and mind. Uh yeah. and are part of this continued revival. I don't think the revival era has ended yet. Uh and this this will not be an easy task. But I'm excited. Jeff, are you excited? I'm very excited. There's only one movie out of the next 6 that we are watching that I have not seen. Okay. And that will be next week's episode, by the way. Oh, um, <clears throat> oh I know what's next. Okay. <laughs> so, which we'll, we'll, I'll mention in a second. Um, but like, I, so like, I know these movies mm-hmm. and I'm just in the back of my head or, you know, in, in the back of my mind right now, trying to rank them. And there's one that is a little easier to place on a list out of the next six. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm sitting there going like, I, yeah, man, I don't know. These are going to be tough. Yeah. But again, I am excited to watch them having watched all these other ones in order. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. watching them now from this new perspective of, well, we're coming off of Tangled. So let's watch this film to know what, you know, like let's see how coming off of Tangled affected this film. Or like, you know, how is how is Wreck-It Ralph compare after coming after our next film? Like yeah. <clears throat> there's 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 that element and that's going to be a very exciting uh uh, uh task to to try to we no longer have the benefit of time nor nostalgia to to discuss these movies. These these next six are going to be so fresh in our minds. And I encourage, I'm really going to encourage our listeners to give all of these movies a fair shake. Because, yep. And I'm not just talking about Frozen because I know several <laughs> people out there have shared their feelings about hating that movie. You got to give it a fair shake. There's a couple people out there that dislike a couple other movies that we're going to see. And, and I'm, and I'm going to just... We have to do it, and we have to be as as fair as we can. I yep. don't feel like we spend a terrible amount of time uh, criticizing movies as much as we analyze them and then give our feelings about them, which you know one might argue is critic- criticism anyway. But uh, I I am th- this is gonna be tough to rank because I know all of them are good in their own way and one in one <laughs> version of another of people's imaginations, and I know. Uh, all of them are so fresh that this is going to be 
It's going to be tough, Jeff. <laughs> what is next anyway? <laughs> well, next week is our... Now, I believe this is a return to 2D. Am I correct? Possibly. Possibly. Okay. Don't tell me more. Don't tell me more. <laughs> uh, but next week is 2011's film, which I didn't realize was in 2011 until literally just saying it. <laughs> uh, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Number Pooh. 51. Winnie the No, we are not re-watching a movie from this list. No. There are two Winnie the Pooh movies, which was a tweet I got this week from... I forgot your name. It's something... Oh, well. Anyway. Yes, How dare there, you, sir. There are two different Winnie the Pooh <laughs> movies, which was exciting and also a surprise to, to a listener. So, um, so I'm excited <laughs> to watch this one because this is the one... So this is the last one on our list that I have not seen. Oh, okay, cool. All right. So after this, I'm back to have, I've seen all these other movies on our list, and and like I said, they're all they're all definitely like you said, fresh in my head. Yeah. You know, they're within the last seven years, which is <laughs> insane, by the yeah. way, <laughs> that we're finally caught up to you know less than a decade old films. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, next week's is number fifty one on our list. Fifty one guys of fifty six. We're closing yeah. in on and, the end. As we near the end of things, send us some of your ideas of what you we should do for the final episode. You know, like uh, yes. some people have been giving some really cool suggestions. Uh, you can tweet at me at TC's Big Head if you want to throw some suggestions at me. Uh, Jeff, you're at Random Bell. Of course, yep. you can hit, up, hit us up on Facebook as well. Um, you know, what's some people is like? What's your favorite blank? What's your least favorite blank? Uh, we will be ranking our number ones. So when we set out to do this library, instead of trying to rank one through fifty-six, we've been doing them in sets of ten. We're going to yep. take our number ones from all six sets that we've done. That gives us four wildcard slots, Jeff. Ooh. So I, I, and what are we gonna do with those wild card slots, TC? All right, cool. I, I, this is what I'm thinking. I think that we might be able to fill the four slots with movies we loved, but ranked lower than one. So we have four okay. slots that we can fill that we can fit with any movie. So that what that is going to mean, and, and Jeff, you and I can discuss this because that this will mean you and I will have two different lists uh, of yes. ten different films. <laughs> Like we right. won't be ranking the same ten films because I'm gonna pick four different movies. We might pick similar ones. I don't know, but right now I'm assuming our four wildcard slots are gonna be different, and that's that'll right. be neat because it'll give us a a, a very good uh, testament of our tastes and loves of taste and love of the films we've seen in these these 56 films. Um, so uh, so send us your ideas, uh, dear listeners, and also what you know. What did uh, what did, what did, what is your list? <laughs> I mean, I'm curious to yeah. see where people rank. I always like to what see where there, people. What yeah, what is everybody else's list? What did yeah. everybody else think about these movies? What were your favorite movies on this list? What were the ones you hated the most? I know we've <laughs> we've had a lot of comments in the the comment sections when we talked about certain films, but is there one that uh, that you just absolutely detest out of this list? You know, I want to know that as well, and we'll try to read that. That last episode is gonna be uh, is gonna be fun. It's gonna right. be uh, a nice little uh, you know review of these 56 <laughs> Disney films and mm-hmm. just, oh, it's going to be kind of sad though, maybe, TC. Maybe not as long as last week's episode. Why was last week's episode so long? I'm tr- I'm actually TC, trying to draw this episode out now so it's lo- as just long. Because we're, <laughs> just because we're so close we're so to close it to as it, it is Why right was now? last week so long? You were sick as a dog. You started the episode by so telling me you couldn't talk. I'm like, it's cool. I only got a page of notes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot and yet we somehow talked for almost two hours, Man, guys. Well, I, well, I don't know what that was, but it, certainly I thought this was going to be the longer of the episodes. But yeah, you know, 
Uh, I mean, it so, would make sense for this to be the longer of the two episodes. <laughs> I, I am interested to see what people have to do for their 10 and their yes. wild cards. And like I said, put anything you want on there. That's what I'm, I think that's what we should do, Jeff, is fill those wild cards with any four, other four movies. So, like, for example, because I didn't have Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin as a number one movie, maybe I could slip that in as one of my wild cards or like, because, you know, as a twist of twist of just all circumstances, you put jungle book as one of your number four, one of your four wild cards, you know, it'll be a whole thing. It'll be fine. Wouldn't that be this, the shocker moment of me being like, guys, jungle book, totally on my list. I've come around. I've come around to jungle book. I've come around. It's it's not that bad. I watched it. I want to be like you. It's like so in the final the final episode, Jeff is this this diehard jungle book fan. You you beat you jungle bum. <laughs> I'm a jungle bum. That's what I am. All right, well TC, well, if that is all that you've got for this week, like That's you it, yeah. uh, like you like TC made a comment, make sure to leave all your comments on the Facebook page or tweet us. Uh, otherwise, next week we'll be back for another episode of with uh, with Pinocchio, not Pinocchio. Wow. Pinocchio. We're going to watch Pinocchio, guys. <laughs> Starting over. Twist. <laughs> Starting all over again. <laughs> Dang nabbit, I was reading Pinocchio when I said that. We're going to come back with Witty the Pooh next week. <laughs> and right. uh, with that, I suppose thanks for uh, thanks for coming back again this week TC. Oh, it's and, always a pleasure, Jeff. Highlight of my week. <laughs> uh, it's usually the highlight of mine, and it starts off on a Monday, which is kind of nice. Uh, starts the week off high. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, TC, go ahead and uh, do the sign-off. All right. This has been a podcast. We have been the people you've been listening to, and this is a sign-off. Yay! I'm getting, I'm getting real good at that. I'm getting real you good at that. You are getting good at yeah. that. Just about the time that we're going to be done with the show. Yeah, so all four slots, I'm going to fill it with Jungle Book. That's what I'm going to do. Ah, we should have made that specification. We never said that we couldn't use the same movie more than once. No. My neighbors hate me. Oh, so much yelling over there. What is he doing? This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>